Yo, we did it, everybody. We made it to March. It's one of the celebrated days of the year. If you live in upstate New York, we have so much to get through in the email today or in the show. I don't even know where to start, but we got to start somewhere. So let's start with the music. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They stop and stay with me. I think before we start anything, if you're on the podcast, you're just going to miss out on this one if you're not live streaming. But we have the official Automotive State of the Union packing tape <laughs> Water activated. This is the premium. We learned stuff, something, Kyle. We, we, <laughs> well, I was going to pretend that it was on purpose. First of all, <laughs> I have, we have this very fun, no. festive <laughs> roll of tape. If you're on the podcast, it's got all kinds of ill hand illustrated items on it. It's a lot of fun. Get some swag because you want some of this tape. Go ahead, Kyle. Talk about our yeah. mistake. <laughs> we we it was a mistake, but also like we're stepping up in the world, right? You know that when you order tape and it comes and it needs to be water activated activated in order to seal properly on the box, you know you have arrived. It's like, all right, so you look at the Amazon packing tape, and what we now realize after a little bit of research is they actually water activate that stuff. It's got all the rib stuff to make sure that it's supported. It's it, it can be ripped off the box. Tamper proof. It's tamper proof. It's the whole nine yards, right? So we're stepping up in the game. So really, honestly, this is what I love. I love packet. You know, we talk about this all the time. We love packaging. We love that like little brand experience that's just a little bit above like just getting the the item and uh we hope that if you order some swag you get a little bit of excitement around just looking around the the packing tape and have and, your pocket you know, knife ready look and feel have your yeah. pocket knife. we should actually tape a pocket knife to the outside of the no let's not do that <laughs> bad idea <laughs> oh we have a lot of stuff going on today a few things to talk about we just noticed this morning danielle sent us a text message at like you know 6 30 a.m hey the nada app is populated i was like did you have an alert yes. for that it, it's populated it's up not a ton of information yet but if you're going to nada download the app and uh, you can start uh tapping around and uh, we'll be on there soon enough you can be on there um swag orders are going out Right. Speaking of swag, we got a couple notes. If you have won some rewards, if you ordered some swag, uh, we apologize. It's taken so long. Um, let's just blame COVID and supply chain delays, like everyone else in the world. But it, it has we'll taken it. us a little. We ain't afraid. Longer. What One of the things actually that held us up is the foam that goes under the stitching on the puff embroidery hats. It's black foam. Isn't that nuts. Because it's black on black. So like, if we put white foam, you might see some of the white come through. That's why right. it's the puff embroidery. So like. There you go. At least we can substantiate our claim. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have a few things uh, to talk about today, news-wise. Um, but Kyle, first, let's talk about some positive things in the world and in the auto industry because there's enough challenge going on. Let's talk about something positive. Yeah, I absolutely love it. We got an email, and if you don't know, we've got a landing page on our website. It's a sodu.com forward slash positivity. Uh, so if you know of anything going on in the industry that's like, this is really good, dealership is doing something for the community, we want to hear about it, and we're going to highlight it just like this. So yesterday, Eric Hall of Classic Chevrolet in Texas. Grapevine. Let us know. Uh, and Yeah, sorry, Grapevine. Let us know about uh, some cool stuff that they are doing uh, with a local blood um, uh, drive supplier, so Carter Blood Care, um, and they are they are actually giving away a Chevy Spark um, based on blood donations. So uh, just a really cool thing that they're doing, giving back to the community. Which I, what I really love is it wasn't just like a handout, right? It was like, hey, we're going to draw the community in, ask them to give back through a blood drive. We're going to reward that and supply the 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 blood drive uh, center with the the capacity to give something away. So it was just like this whole wrap in the arms around the community uh, thing that happened there. And they they so, actually delivered the news 
at a high school pep rally, which is pretty cool. Ah, Imagine being a high school pep rally. I was it. I have to read it again. Was it for high school students that gave blood? Ah. That'd be, it seems like that would make sense. Know. That would make sense on why they'd it have would. it. But imagine you're in a high school, right? And you, you donate some blood and that, that nice, healthy, young blood, right? It's like you right. donate, you donate some blood and like they call your name and you run down to center court car. and you get the car. Like that is like the high schooler that, dream. It's amazing. I drove yeah. by funny. It was, came from classic today. Um, I drove by classic Chevrolet last week oh yeah you were I right was in there. grapevine yeah. i drove by and i was like that is a big chevy store and then i saw actually you know what just another story there right is last week when there were people really close to grapevine like yourself a bunch of dealers there was a big ice storm and everybody was having trouble finding rides or getting on planes and all this type of stuff and the team at classic just kind of came around those people that it wasn't a customer. It wasn't someone that's going to spend money with them. It was just other dealers helping other dealers. And they were like getting rides for people, sending people in loaners, getting getting people to airports or across the state, uh, across the state of Texas. So really cool to just see like dealers helping other dealers with no agenda. Right. Yeah. Really, really, really neat. You know, the, great team over there. Let's just pile on the accolades on classic Chevy right now, because when dealers I was in that ice storm and it was different. Um, you know, everybody's driving really slow. It was different. Um, it was Texas, Texas weather and, um, dealers, some dealers need to get around from the event I was at. And wouldn't you know it, that two Suburbans with dealer plates showed up to help move the dealers around. So they were serving dealers. None of their dealers were even Crazy. there. It's just, it's just good on classic today. Oh, our boy, Patrick Abad says we should give an this award to the coolest, <laughs> most impactful dealer community story at the end of the year. I love that idea. I love that idea. We should make that happen, and they should get some uh, shout-outs on some kind of troublemaker. I was thinking this year, maybe like we did this troublemaker deck of cards, right? If you were at yeah. the Vegas event, you could see it. We had a deck of troublemakers, and uh, Brian Kramer with his sunglasses on. So good. Go. But maybe we should do like a whole deck of cards this year, like a you have 52, like, so you, like playing cards. Yes. All right. Challenge. No, and we should just throw like whole dealerships in there, like sketch up the dealership. That'd be really fun. Oh, challenge yeah. accepted. All right. The ideas are just flowing this morning. Let's get into some news. It is our um, our desire to draw a big circle around everyone in the industry, not just the executives who are important, not just the high level people, but we want to get everybody from the lot porter all the way up through the dealership owner thinking and talking about the same things. We're going to make a concerted effort to educate the industry on certain things about the industry. And this is probably going to be one of the first times we intentionally do it. There was an article or a blog that this morning from our friend Earl Stewart down in Palm Beach, Florida. And um, he was talking about, um, you know, dealers charging certain amounts and like the dealer perception or customer perception on the dealers. And that's how Earl rolls. We linked it up in the show notes if you want to check it out. But he did a great summary of why the auto industry is the way it is. And I read it and I was like, I bet 70% of the people in this industry don't even know how the industry came about. And so, yeah, like the whole franchise story and, 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 you know, how franchise came to exist, how it was protecting the, not just the dealer, but the consumer. And actually the franchise model was set up in order to give communities like more of the capacity that the dealer does, like that we talk about a lot, right? Access to vehicles, you know, community impact from jobs created, all of that type of stuff. It was set up for that. That was its purpose. Its original purpose was to do everything that we're talking about it, that it can do. But this is what's crazy. At the end of the article, this was this was Earl's prediction, right? 
and I'm going to read it word for word because it's not my words. He says, I'm predicting that the current unconscionable, out-of-control pricing of new cars precipitated by the pandemic-induced high demand, low supply will be the straw that breaks the back of the antiquated car dealer franchise's system immunity from the regulation by laws and their manufacturers. Dang. That's a bold statement. Yeah, it is. And um, we'll, we'll tie to a Wall Street Journal we have teed up here as well to kind of um, tie into that. If you didn't know, like manufacturers, Ford was the first major manufacturer. They found out how to make cars in mass. They needed people to sell them. So they had contracts with local franchise dealers, but they were only like a year or two long. They could cancel them for any reason. Like even if like you didn't sell as many as we wanted you to sell, you're canceled. And meanwhile, they needed to leverage entrepreneurs, small businesses to actually build the network to distribute the vehicles. So that's when the dealers began to organize Right. And now we have NADA, we have dealer organizations to say, hey, like that's we can't operate in these conditions. And the actually Ford was really surprised to see the amount of leverage that dealers had in their local communities. Right. And that and that's like the principle of like that's why if you're living in and working in a dealership like classic Chevrolet, you realize you have a disproportionate amount of pull in your local community. And absolutely that works in the manufacturer's favor, right? Because they can't have that. It's what we talk about. Like, here's something Carvana can never do, (laughs) right? Right. They can never be in all the places we are. They can never know the people and know the lives and know the stories. And, you know, they can write checks and donate money, but to where and to how? And so Jim Farley already gave a warning. It's true. It's true. Um, So, yeah. So if you didn't know, that's where this industry came from. The franchise model that you're a part of today is because Ford made vehicles. They needed somebody to distribute them. They enlisted entrepreneurs and business people to build a network to sell them. And then things got dicey. Dealers banded together and said, hey, we need some rational and reasonable agreements, right? So that we can continue to do this. And now the pendulum swung all the way. Here we are in 2022. And now OEMs are like, hey, you really need to do things a different way or the consumers are, are onto it. And, you know, it's affecting us. It's affecting you. It's affecting them, right? Everything now because of technology, right, is interconnected. It's very efficient yes. market, very efficient market. So there's a little lesson in where we came from and a little reminder, if you already knew, that um, we are just on the, you know, over a hundred year legacy of something that started way back then. It's an amazing thing and we're still doing amazing things. So we and thought it here's, here's the thing, like, we are convinced, myself, Paul, so many of the troublemakers, so many of the people that are maybe listening to this, we are convinced that the franchise dealer system is still the absolute best system yes. to deliver vehicles, support yes. the community. Yes. We're convinced of that fact, but it takes a lot of overcoming a misguided perception that our industry for the last 20 to 30 years had have led customers to believe and do not do not forget the fact that that's the perception that uh, that everybody approaches our industry with and not everybody but a, a, a lot of a mass majority of 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 the public including uh national news and the like the the frame the the lenses at which they see everything are tinted by that and so don't think that People aren't paying attention to rising prices, prices high over MSRP, loan uh, loan acquisition, all of those types of things. Don't think that they aren't paying attention. And even if it looks like sunshine and rainbows on the front end, that it might not be that way on the back end. Well, speaking right? of thinking it's sunshine and rainbows on the front end. Stop. Segway. Time. All right. We're talking about the same topic, but 
Just to put another exclamation point at the end of Kyle's statement, this morning at 6.54 a.m., Wall Street Journal drops an article entitled, Car Dealerships Don't Want Your Cash, They Want to Give You a Loan. Why do you think that is? Well, we all know why that is. And, well, maybe not. If you're in the industry, uh, your store makes money when you get a vehicle financed through a bank. So the banks say, hey, Mr. Dealer, we want to offer loans to your customers. And if you sell our product to your customer, we'll give you a certain percentage of the loan back as revenue. That is what makes back-end revenue in an auto deal, right? It's front-end. Which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Like, it's not a bad thing for people in the industry or customers to know about. Everybody's making money on wholesale to retail prices. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. What if you are selling something or money? That's how money's made. So it's For not sure. a bad thing. Yeah, we're but at all. It's part of business. Yeah, so continue. But but here's here's where it can become a bad thing really quickly, and you might not even know it. Um, the article highlights a Lexus dealer that t- pushed a customer into financing. The customer wanted to pay cash, and they said, "Well, it's two thousand dollars more if you pay cash." right? Which is basically right. probably what they were making on the loan. Well, fast forward this story a little bit. Obviously, the customer's inconvenience think, well, maybe I'll just take the loan, pay it off later, right? You're, you're making them do all the work, first of all. And second of all, the cust- the dealer's like, when Wall Street Journal approached the dealer, the customer or the customer the, or the dealer with the customer's complaint, the dealer said, well, look here, the customer gave us a five-star review. That was like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do with that? The customer is giving you a five-star review and then talking to Wall Street Journal about how upset they are that you made them finance a car or else pay more money. And the next part of the story is there's a Texas situation that's very, very similar where Texas is like, we're going to investigate this because in Texas, it's actually illegal to charge a different price based on method of payment. This is spiraling very quickly. (laughs) But it, it's just, it's layers on layers and like we, whatever side of the coin you're on, whatever, whatever feeling you have about marking up or not marking up or pushing to loan or not, or, you know, trade value, where, wherever you're at single price, you know, one price, you know, negotiating price. I don't care where you're at on any of that. Perception is reality. And the perception of the car business right now on a franchise side is still one on mass that is not positive. Yeah. So it is going to take a lot of work from a lot of different people shifting that perception, right? Um and and if you if you if you're just saying it's not the reality, then like put your eyes up just a little bit. Help come with us and like just watch just a little bit, right? Rob, can I pay with Bitcoin for no dealer fees? Um, That's a two-sided answer. (laughs) You can pay with Bitcoin. Actually, we have uh, a partner. We're doing some stuff with them. Um, You are going to be able to pay with Bitcoin soon, soon, but you still got to pay the dealer fees if they have dealer fees. And the fact that you know they're dealer fees... It's kind of case in point. Uh, We're running out of time. Let's let's hit a a couple more points. Um, You know, we have an article linked up in the show notes. We can never get to everything we want to. We can't get to everything. We We, said that going into the show. We do six podcasts a day and still be running. (laughs) We started the show off (laughs) by saying, like, you know we're not going to get through all this. Um, Toyota's, you know, think of uh, just-in-time processing or just-in-time manufacturing. The Japanese manufacturers were, you know, were definitely pioneered this. And if you don't know, part of the education just-in-time means you don't stockpile parts. That means you want the part delivered to your manufacturing facility exactly the moment you need to put it in the car, just in time, right? And you save money on parts warehousing and obsolete parts. We're seeing a lot of the vulnerabilities of that 
right now. And right. Toyota hit another one. One of their suppliers had a cyber attack that didn't allow them to ship parts. All of a sudden, you realize there's another vulnerability for just-in-time manufacturing that slows things down. Um, and it's just this world we live in. So understand that when you don't have inventory at your store, it's a complicated thing. Absolutely. It, it's not just chips, right? It's not just chips. Right. It's the world we yeah. live in. Um, we have some other articles in, in the notes. I hate to do this, but there's just, so much good stuff in just here. Just drop down to them. Watch out for Target with raising minimum wages. Be be aware of what your people are seeing in the news right now and, and what that means for your need to keep them and the culture that it requires to make sure your employees are happy, growing, and succeeding. And paid enough because it's tough to say 1250 is the right starting point for a lot porter when you can go down the street and make $18 at Amazon or $22 at Target. Just, yep. you're not going to put up with it. So- Oh, gosh. I'm already exhausted from all this. Like, we need to record another podcast. Sign up for the email, sodu.com. We'll put a lot of these articles in the email every day with some more commentary, a lot more announcements to come. We'll see you tomorrow.